The United States Senate is set to pass the Respect for Marriage Act, completely dumping on what marriage actually is. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sits down with Gentlemen's Quarterly and explains to you, you really have why to go she's today. important. Yes. And finally, Crystal Matthews, we haven't gotten to this yet. Um, she has opinions. They've been recorded, and now she's being called on to drop out of the Senate race here in South Carolina. Plenty to get to on today's edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. And welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the podcast that's turned heads over the weekend. Apparently. <laughs> I'm Justin Hall alongside Dave Wilson here on this fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. Dave, plenty to get to. I've got papers strewn You have You everywhere. have definitely done the show prep for today because, I, I mean, there's, it stretches all the way across the table. I am nothing if not prepared. This is Might absolutely true. I not be smart, true. but I'm prepared to be smart. <laughs> We start with the Respect for Marriage Act. We talked about this a couple months ago. Is this the Redefining ago. of Marriage Act? I thought the they changed the name of it. It should well, be. The, the name is okay. the Respect for Marriage Act. I have it highlighted. Do you? Oh, is that it? H8404. So if so, if the bill says it, yes. then that means it's what it does. It was interesting because this is kind of that Orwellian idea of if I say it this way, then it's going to be that way. It's kind of like the... Respect for Marriage right, Act. Right. The Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act. Yeah, you see, it's all, all of those things. And... And it's really interesting because I really think that, you know, Washington has lost its ability to actually speak truth. Or even speak truth to power. We'll get to that later. But but when you look at bills like this, who's going to want to run against, no, I didn't stand for the respect of marriage because... That's why they're wanting to run it without putting it into another bill that is a must-pass piece of legislation. Because when you have people who have to vote against same-sex marriage because it's allowing oh well i'll let you get into it in a minute but here's the thing about it folks keep this in mind we are looking at a time when you are going to hear one thing and the reality is going to be something else don't just look at the title anymore it's kind of like reading headlines and many of our major media outlets they're not always accurate the house of representatives the united states house of representatives i want to make sure i'm getting that correct because we've been talking about state politics for the last week and a half two weeks so now we're going to washington we're going to washington dc the united states house of representatives passed this in a bipartisan effort 267 to one set 267 to 167. there were 47 republicans 47 republicans who voted aye including tom emmer annalise stefanik two major leaders in the GOP in the House. Right. Two other major leaders in the House GOP, uh, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, the minority leader and the minority whip, both voted no. So is this kind of an uprising of a group of folks within there, or are they in some really kind of dangerous seats, in which case they're they're fearful of what's going to be coming from this? Well because of the potential of misdirected backlash. Well, I, I think it goes to Senator Collins and Senator uh, Tammy Baldwin, who are in the Senate side. They're right. leading the cavalcade on the Senate side. It appears that the Senate has the votes to overcome the filibuster at this point on this legislation. They're getting really, They're really close. There right. are some wafflers late. Um, so to understand why, why this is so important, for a piece of legislation to actually get debated in the Senate, they have to have at least 60 of the 100 members there to be able to say, yes, we're going to debate this and be willing to call it's called vote for cloture. We've talked about voting for cloture before, which says we've got enough votes to end debate. 
and and in doing so, they have at least got a guarantee that they're going to get that bill all the way through. Otherwise, it could be filibustered. And we understand if you actually run the filibuster correctly, you can start moving certain things in, in legislation or you can stop a piece of legislation from actually happening. Yeah, you can get things added or you could just kill the bill altogether if done properly. But let's go into the mar- uh, the Respect for Marriage Act. RFMA does not roll off the same as DOMA. Uh, so I'm having a little trouble with that today. This would completely repeal DOMA, by the way. DOMA's done if this gets passed. Here's why. We are nothing if not consistent in our view on legislation. And I can promise you that when we speak about certain pieces of legislation, wink, wink, not not, uh, we've read them, wink, wink. A lot. Not not. We read them more than some legislators do. Are we going to wink and nod on that one too? No, okay. I don't have to wink and nod on that one. Okay. Um, this is, I have this is what it looks like, folks. I mean, it's this like gone through, it's highlighted. It's, it's, four, like it's four pages. marked up. But it's only four pages. The op-ed <clears throat> that Senators uh, Baldwin and Collins wrote is longer than the actual bill. Here That's we go. True. The Respect for Marriage Act. No person acting under color of state law may deny full faith and credit to any public act, record, or judicial proceeding of any other state pertaining to a marriage between two individuals on the basis of the sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin of those individuals. Uh, what I want to make sure it's important here, not only are they doing this to to codify same-sex marriage, they're also codifying interracial marriage because apparently when Senator Clarence Thomas says that the substantive due process issue really is up for some debate within the Supreme Court once the cases get to them, Every liberal in America had the alarm bells going off thinking Clarence Thomas wanted to do away with interracial marriage. I'm sure he and his wife might have something to say against that. In case you don't know, Clarence Thomas is a black man and his wife is a white woman. Just so he might want to do away with it. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a roundabout way of getting out of his marriage. I don't know. Then again, there are nice photos of them on their summer vacation when they take the RV. Yeah. Now, Van life. Senator Van Collins Van and yes. Baldwin say this doesn't infringe on religious liberty. The passage of this bill doesn't infringe on religious liberty. Wait, you who said still, this again? Senators Collins and Baldwin. What's important what, to Collins? note is Collins. Senator Collins is a Republican. She's not. She's maybe a Republican, but she ain't a conservative. Right. I'll put it this way: she voted to approve the nominees to the Supreme Court put forward by Donald Trump, who have right. now overturned Roe. Now she feels like after a close Senate race, the last go-around where she narrowly made it back to the Senate, right. that she's got to put forward some more liberal-sided legislation well, she, to try she, to curry some she more She has favor. gone pretty close to actually saying that you know she was <clears throat> deceived. I mean, she's stopping just short of that and when she says stuff. But she said, you know, when, when we made this decision on these Supreme Court nominees... She felt that she kind of got hoodwinked on that when the reality is she followed the political winds. She knew exactly where things were going, and she voted for the right people to be put in put in there. And now she's kind of going, eh, I, don't, I, I don't know, because that's Collins. I've actually been from here to my desk chair away from Susan Collins within the last year. And the desk chair's not really that far. Seems like a nice lady. Uh, but she's on the wrong side of this one. But they say that it doesn't infringe on Religious Liberty Day, but I have this highlighted here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, subsection B of Section 3 at line 20. In case you're following along. Enforcement by Attorney General. Uh-oh. The Attorney General may bring a civil action in the appropriate United States District Court against any person who violates subsection A for declaratory or injunctive relief. 
So, so, it, yeah. so if you're, let me help. Let me figure this out. Walk through this with me, shall we? Yeah. A, a homosexual couple gets married in California. Yes. Or Vermont, or wherever. Or it's Massachusetts. Legal. Or Massachusetts. Okay. The first state to legalize. Yes, they were the first state. No, Andrew Beckwith from our colleague in Massachusetts. We know it's okay. We'll, it, we'll get over it together. It, uh, let's say you get married, or you have a homosexual couple gets married in California, but they're not recognized in South Carolina. Right. According to this, they have to be. According to this, one, they have to be. Okay. But two, the attorney general could then step in, and the United States of America will file will sue the state of South Carolina. Right. Does that appear to be a weaponization of the of the Justice Department in order to tackle your cultural wins? So, yes, it can. It can. It can operate that way. I think the other part that we have to start looking at is if you don't have some level of teeth in this. And I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. If you create a law and you don't have some level of teeth that go into it, then do you really have a law anyway, or is it just a political statement? I think the problem that we face right now is the fact that we are absolutely demanding that states move in a particular direction and if California decides that they're going to do something California is then making the decision for all of the states and what has to be done I'm beginning to have some problems with that especially as you begin to look at what was the phrase that was used for when people are attracted to young children minor attractive persons minor attractive persons the question and, and the way this language actually reads well, okay, let's just take the extreme one real quick. You got somebody who is wants to marry their dog. Okay. Yeah, it does that line two individuals. It does yeah, you're two individuals, but it's now we're restricted to the human race, so we're right. good there. So and, and you're married to individuals, but how many individuals can you be married to? It just says two. I will say it just says two. It does say two. So it does not allow for polygamy. But 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 you've got this person is married to one person, but then this person other person could be married to somebody else too. There's a question of whether or not polygamy could get into this. Sure. There are some people who are arguing that it is opening the door for that. Um, but if you're attracted, where what you don't have on here? Age. You have no age restriction. None. So. It doesn't say regardless of age. Right. And so. Sex, ethnicity, race. So the, the question is, does do you have state laws? Because certain states have certain age limits. Do we all now have to accept the lowest common denominator of that? Well, um, uh, line 10. On page 3. Subsection D. Yes. Section 4. For the purposes of any federal law, rule, or regulation in which marital status is a factor, an individual shall be considered married if that individual's marriage is valid in the state where the marriage was entered into or in the case of a marriage entered into outside any state if the marriage is valid in the place where entered into and the marriage could have been entered into in a state. Okay. In this section, the term state means a state, the District of Columbia, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, or any other territory or possession of the United States, not limited to, but also including Guam. All 57. All 57 okay. states. There we go. Wink. Nod, nod. Uh, so, Dave, what this is saying is, uh, in my opinion, this is complete federalization of the marriage idea. Well, this is what we are... Over, overruling state law. So this is what we've begun to see, Justin, as we get into what Congress's reaction is to the Supreme Court making decisions. Because the Supreme Court has now gone in and said, we're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. 
It's no longer going to be a judicial decision that's going to be doing this because Congress has the right and has the, the ability to create a law. They have the ability to create a law that states this is the law of the land, and that goes through the process, through the House, through the Senate, goes to the President, gets signed. Because, let's go back to Roe v. Wade. The right to an abortion did not exist in codified law in the United States of America. It was a decision that was made by the Supreme Court. Well, now they're wanting to go to the point of, okay, well, we've recognized the fact we've got a different court now than what we've been working with. We don't have a liberal court like we had that, that drafts all the way back to the days of, how many years was FDR? 13 years. So he, he was in office for 13 years until he died. Uh, and in his fourth term, that's why we also have a, a, time, a term limit on the presidency. But for 13 years, he was placing members on a Supreme Court, and it took it in a very liberal direction. We are now seeing the correction of that into a more balanced or even a conservative approach to a court, a constitutional approach to the court, which is now forcing the hand of Congress to actually act and vote on and pass laws instead of relying upon a liberal court to make decisions that seem to be changing the meaning of the Constitution. We'll continue to follow the Respect for Marriage Act, or lack thereof. The Redefining of Marriage Act? As it moves it really to... Should be, they should call it the Redefining of Marriage Act. Someone call Tim. Someone call Senator Scott or Senator Graham. Senator Scott might be interested in your redefinition of Respect for Marriage Act. Maybe he'd like to get your headline. Yeah, you call go. it the Redefinition of Marriage Act. That's what it so is. For what it's worth, uh, we move on. Really? I've been looking forward to this. You have been like waiting on this for the the better part of the it, last week. It wasn't for our state dealing with the abortion <laughs> issue. <laughs> so Justin has just so that you understand the background on this one. Justin has been sitting on this one for a really long time. So if this boil gets ready to pop, you're going to understand it's like why it's popping so big. It's like an egg. There you go. Um, <laughs> Gentlemen's Quarterly wrote a piece. <laughs> Wesley Lowry. Wesley Lowry is one of the worst journalists in the world, uh, wrote a piece, AOC's Fight for the Future. This Alexander is a big... Ocasio-Cortez. This is the major... Sandy? Sandy Cortez. This is the major issue because uh, the, the former president returned to the White House to get his portrait unveiled. Every presidency uh, is honored with a portrait. Right. So we'll see when 45 happens. Uh, but... Do you think he'll be invited no, back for it? No. Okay. Not until the Republicans in office. The point is... Yes. Uh... The celebrity that comes with President Obama, we, like, understand we're talking about who's going to run for president based on their celebrity profile. I, I mean, just for, for what it's worth. Yes. Our last two presidents before this one, both of them had won Emmys. Well, that's true. Donald Trump won an Emmy, and President Obama's won an Emmy for his narration of our great American Parks documentary. I got him an Emmy. I missed this one. He's a he's a he's a, le- he's a celebrity. That's oh, what he okay. does. He might go for the EGOT. Um, <laughs> Speaking the, of, hey, listen, if you if you took the time to watch last night, what was your favorite part of it? Was that last night? Was, it or last was that tonight? I don't know. I don't watch the Emmys. Who cares? It's a bunch of celebrities giving each other yeah, awards. I don't care. Like, oh, you're better. You're just as good as I am. There we go. Whoopee. There we go. And then lecturing me on my politics. There and you thank are. you. Uh, only a freaky Gervais is hosting. Uh, but NGQ and Gentlemen's Quarterly, yes. they highlighted AOC. I'm going to read the first paragraph. Dramatic music, please begin. 
For her first two years in Washington, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, heretofore known as AOC, added that part, walked the few blocks from her apartment to her congressional office nearly every morning, a routine she felt forced to change after a treasonous mob stormed the Capitol. Now she drives most days, a comically short commute she considers a nece necessary safety precaution. But for some reason, she's not quite sure why, the congresswoman decided to walk to work on what would become Washington's most tumultuous morning since the insurrection. As she reached the Capitol grounds on June 24th, a group of men stopped her for a photo. I said hello, and how are you all doing, she'd later recall. And they're like, well, you know, we've definitely been a lot better given this morning. This was how the congresswoman learned that the Supreme Court had gutted the constitutional right to abortion established by Roe v. Wade. I knew the decision was coming the next morning. He knew the decision was coming the next morning. We all knew the decision was coming on that Friday morning. Like, it, it was coming yeah. regardless of what it said. So, spare me this disingenuous garbage. But, wait, wait, wait. It was a Friday, wasn't it? Yes. It yes. came out on a Friday. Yes. You, you realize that Congress doesn't take votes on Friday. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Do they? Democrats had expected to spend that afternoon celebrating the passage oh, of a new right. gun control law. That's right. They had done that the night before. But now their day had morphed into a wake. Oh, yes. On the steps of the Capitol, a group mm -hmm. of lawmakers gathered to sing God Bless America, you know, like they did when 9-11 happened. A pre-planned photo op that now read as hopelessly out of touch. Angry Americans were spilling into the streets, and elected Democrats were singing campfire songs. Oh, God bless America's a campfire song now. <laughs> like Kumbaya? AOC knew where she needed to be. Where? And it wasn't a sing-along, into the streets, into the streets. I'm not done. <laughs> it goes on. By the way, he has been screen, waiting on this, folks. On your screen, here's here's the picture that accompanies this part of the article. Look at her. I, she's in the rotunda. She looks like she's with the Eurythmics in like the early 80s or her a style, Max Headroom. Her style is fantastic. It is I'll give unique. that. It is unique. It fits GQ, but this that is weird. Even, that fits GQ in 1982. This is weird. Um, quote. Yes. For almost every woman that has gotten an abortion, there's a man who has either been affected or liberated by that abortion too. In this moment, it's really only going to be the vulnerability of men and men talking to other men that gives us the greatest hope of shifting things the fastest, soonest. Now, I'm old enough. Yes. I'm old enough to remember when men weren't allowed to talk about abortion because – and I heard this last week in the Senate. I don't have a uterus, so I don't have an opinion. It's but pretty, AOC tells me that I do. Wait, this is actually a place where I will agree with AOC. Just keep in mind, folks, you can't have a pregnancy unless a man and woman have sex with each other. Let's just keep well, that with – well. Well, you can. Well, I mean, if I mean, you there, want are, to, there are procedures. There are procedures, but it still requires. It still requires the necessity. The, yes, the I agree. Okay, just want to make sure. So, in this particular case, a man is involved in the pregnancy that is aborted. The child, a woman, letting her child die inside of her on purpose. But some men are liberated by that. Shocking. That some men don't have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Really? Thank you yes. um, for that. Of course, we know what happened. Now they're going back and tracing her history and okay. how she got to be when she was Sandy, the bartender in New York. Of course, we know what happened next. The bartender candidate 
pulled off a stunning 13.5 point victory over Joe Crowley in the primary and instantly became one of the most prominent people in American politics. A prominent dem- only because she was a bartender? Okay. A Democratic Socialist David atop her establishment Goliath. Oh, he actually did a David Goliath comparison? Hoop earrings and bold red lip in place of a shepherd's sling. Oh, did she carry five stones in each one of those earrings? They're pretty big enough to be able to hold them. Crowley's longtime colleague Nancy Pelosi reportedly sounded distraught the night after reading the news. Yeah, because she's like, uh, she's old enough to be her great-granddaughter. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders across the the way asked for her number immediately. Bernie, you're not going to get a date on that one. I'm sorry. Don't. Don't go there. As we discuss generational splits across movements, specifically the now geriatric... Start that part over again. As we discussed generational splits across movements... Okay. Okay. Specifically the now geriatric women and black officials who, decades after being elected as historic first, can't seem to stop throwing themselves in front of television cameras to undermine the aim of young activists attempting to ascend behind them. This is what she's saying? It almost sounds like Joe Cunningham wrote this. It really does. I mean, that's I think that's the mentality of the new Democrat. AOC recalled the story of the women's suffrage movement as depicted in Suffs, a play she'd seen recently. Oh, so just... We also saw it in, 18, in 1964 with Mary Poppins with, you know, votes for women, votes for women, votes for women. Because it actually happened... The, the movement yes. was rife with tension between more seasoned suffragists who advocated a state-by-state strategy and younger activists uninterested in moving so slowly. The 19th Amendment was passed by that younger guard, AOC noted. It wasn't out of defiance of the older guard, but it was in cooperation of those gains in an attempt to accelerate them. Let's Let's just, for the history of, of the 19th Amendment, real quick, let's just help you understand. It's really short. It's really simple. It says this, The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Okay? Simple sex does not determine whether or not you can vote or not. All right. History behind this. When do you think women first got the right to vote? Because keep in mind, this was the early 1900s, 1910, 1918. This is federal, though. Yeah. yeah. So, so it could happen when, in when states. Did, when did it start happening in states? Well, one would think it would happen before that because the impetus would be to push for that. Right. So, so in eight, the very first, beginning in eighteen thirty-eight, okay, Kentucky authorized women to vote in school elections, and its action was later copied by a number of other states. So, the same type of pattern that we saw on things like ending slavery, we had free states, we had slave states, okay. This is part of federalism. Federalism allows states to have different viewpoints. She doesn't like federalism. She doesn't like federalism. She wants a nationalism. She wants socialism. socialism. Okay. The (laughs) National Kansas in 1887 granted women unlimited rights to vote in municipal elections. And not until 1869, however, when the Wyoming Territory accorded women suffrage rights on an equal basis with men, and continued the practice following admissions to statehood, did these advocates register a notable victory. So it was 1869 when Wyoming became a territory. And so it became this thing of, as we added more states to the country during that whole 1800, mid-1800s, uh, really up until you know 1919 when the amendment was actually passed, 
did you see this? We're going to have women's suffrage rights or not. So it was a state-by-state process. But I'd be really interested to see what the congressional makeup was when this amendment was actually passed because it, it, was a, it says, this is coming from congress.gov, a vigorous campaign brought congressional passage of a proposed amendment in 1919 and the necessary state ratifications in 1920. I just tend to think that I don't know how many young women there were in Congress at the time for the passage of this amendment. With the 2024 presidential election fast approaching and the question of whether or not President Joe Biden will run again looming, progressives are weighing the future of the movement. Sanders has signaled he'd support Biden for re-election but hasn't ruled out a run in case of an open race. Still, operatives across the movement have suggested that the 81-year-old Sanders is ready to head off, hand off the reins. The top advisor to another leading progressive official told me that AOC seems, quote, destined to inherit the leadership of the movement. Whatever she's Ocasio, whatever Ocasio-Cortez decides to do, name one bill she's gotten through. Another top progressive operative added that her decision will be consequential, quote, for every single person who cares about the future of the country, end quote. When I, the writer, spoke with John Kerry, one of a handful of people with experience as a major party nominee, he's also experienced being a loser, um, he wouldn't speculate about Ocasio-Cortez's political future, but was unequivocal that he believed someone like her, an outspoken progressive woman of color, could be elected nationally. Now, here's where I get to debut my John Kerry. Let's see if it works. Okay, here we In America, anybody can grow up to be president. I do believe that. Except for you, because you, you, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez used to believe that, too. <clears throat> Ocasio-Cortez used to believe she, she could used be president. But then she became a congresswoman. And she realized Some, what? Oh, Sometimes little girls will say, oh, I want you to be president. She told me when I asked about whether she believed that she or someone like her could ever lead our country. Quote, it's very difficult for me to talk about that because it provokes a lot of inner conflict in that I never want to tell a little girl what she can't do. And I don't want to tell young people what is not possible. I've never been in the business of doing that. But at the same time, dot, dot, dot. Yes. End quote. Over the course of Did our conversations... Was that like a hanging chat? Over the course of our conversations, yes. the congresswoman typically answered in a confident, fast-paced patter, each sentence closely chasing the tail of the last. But are now we playing, speech, Are we playing music right now? Under but now her speech slowed to a crawl... And for the first time in hours we had spent speaking, she broke eye contact, burying her gaze into the arm of her chair. Tears pooled in the corner of her eyes. You can be president. Listen to me. I will tell you what AOC won't tell you. Are you a young lady watching this right now? You can be president. You can there was a woman nominated as the nominee of one of the major parties in our country, and she came pretty close. She came within saying a basket of deplorables away from being president. True. If she hadn't said that part, she may have It's not because women. people hate women. No. It's because people hated Hillary. Uh, I have no <laughs> other way to put that. Maybe a particular people, one. Right. People didn't want Hillary to be president. It had no, nothing to do with a woman. Had everything to do with the fact that Hillary mm. is a woman. I found okay, so you can be you can be president. 
Anybody in this country can be president. Anybody in this country. You can do... Are you ready for this? Yes. Where's the eagle? Give me the flag. You can be whatever you want to be in this country. In fact, we're now to the point now where you're a guy, you can be a girl. We're at that point. Oh, my word. Okay. We're at that we're, point We're now. there. We're at that point now. We're, we're That's sick. not a good thing, but we're there. Here's the interesting part, and because as, as you're... I enjoy the read-along. Here was the interesting thing <laughs> that we found. You know who had control of the House and the Senate in 1919? Have any idea? No. Republicans. Republicans held majorities in both chambers in 1919. When women were given the right to vote, I wonder if she knows that little piece of history. No, okay. she doesn't even. She can't even tell you what's going on in Israel right now. Last thing before Does we move on to local news. No, 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 no. Sure, Ocasio-Cortez's political project would see us fundamentally restructure our society. No kidding. But is that any less realistic than the hope that we'll one day eradicate misogyny, racism, or homophobia? Are progressive fantasies about replacing our nation's guns and capitalistic greed with guaranteed jobs and health care any more far-fetched than the abolitionist vision of America without slavery or the suffragist dream of a democracy in which our vote counted? The fight always seems less impossible. Who huh? writes this crap? This, this, is this her? The fight? This no, this his, isn't her quote. This, this is, is this is the writing. writer. This is okay. Wesley Lowry writing this. The fight always seems less impossible. Why not just say more possible? The congresswoman reminded she, me. Oh, the congresswoman hood. reminded him. Okay. okay. Once you realize that we're not starting from scratch, here it is. Here it is. This might as well be Kamala. Quote, the world that we're fighting for, Dave, yes. is already here. It may not be all here. It may not be the majority of what's here. Here. But it is undeniably <laughs> here. End quote. I, um, I, too, would like to live in a world without misogyny, racism, or homophobia. I, too, would like to live in a world without greed. I look forward to that world. That would be called heaven. But they want heaven on earth. Progressive Utopia. Back here in the Palmetto State now, after that uh, riveting discussion about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Again, I think the problem with this is that we look at our politicians as celebrities. No, no, your job is to make laws. Right. And please just do a good job at it. But sometimes we'll they make celebrities of themselves by the things that they say, whether they realize they're in a recording or not. Segway. Prime Back example. here in the Palmetto yes. State, we have Crystal Matthews, who is running for the U.S. Senate seat. She's challenging Tim Scott. <laughs> Uh, to try to unseat him uh, in the United States Senate. Also, while running to keep her House seat, which you can do in South Carolina. It is legal in South Carolina for you to both run for a state-level seat and a federal seat. As a matter of fact, that is that has been done on several different occasions. If she were to win the Senate seat, I'm certain that she would give up her South Carolina House seat, but the Democrats do not necessarily care for her to be the nominee running against Tim Scott. She's been compared to Alvin Green in the last Ooh. week. Now, this is what happened. She was recorded on Project... You remember she was recorded on Project Veritas before. Saying, talking to saying somebody in needed, prison. Talking to somebody in prison saying right. that she needed more of that quote-unquote dope money. That's a quote. Okay. Um, here... And just I want to put this out here real quick because that an important thing to keep in mind... Um, 
it doesn't matter who you are if you are talking to someone who is in a prison which she was doing the man that she was talking to is incarcerated in a state penitentiary every single phone call in and out of prison recorded. is recorded so the recording of her dope money conversation came straight from the archives at the Department of Corrections. In this one, she uh, Project Veritas has released a recording of a conversation she had with someone they described as one of their undercover journalists. And this is what she had to say about white people. So this is this was done at a diner. I think so. Some it's restaurant. Some sort. Okay. Quote, picture. You got to treat them like beep. S word. She is identified as saying, "Quote. I mean, that's the only way they'll respect you. I keep them right here, like under my thumb. Like that's where I keep. Like you have to. Otherwise, they get out of control. Like kids. She represents the uh, House District One Seventeen. Um." In her press conference on Friday, last Friday, yes, Matthew says the thrust of her comments were aimed at a Republican at Republican elected officials in the legislature, not the white population as a whole or the white population in her Berkeley County House District 117. The press conference was done in front of a mural, it would appear, Dave, um, and it says in this house, this right here on the post. Okay, yes. In this house, we are real. In this house, we make mistakes. We give second chances, we have fun, we give hugs, we forgive, we love. I don't think that was not planned. I I think it's a, a very appropriate backdrop, in which case, I think she was real to begin with. I think she was real when she started talking about that she needs to treat white people like, that's word, you know, because that's what she said. Now, I have heard that she has come back and said that... That was an edited piece. She said that they edited that together, that okay. it is not what she actually said. They did apparently did a very good job of... Uh, of editing that audio together? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's also... Ooh, there's good video here about her uh, running away from some questions. Uh, well, oh, this is good. So this there's new good. stuff. <clears throat> yeah, there's a video of her uh, dodging uh, some questions from folks. and Well... I just, things just don't look good for her. When, the dem- when, when her fellow Democrats have called for her to step down, uh, I, I think it becomes very, very clear that they do not want that albatross of an issue hanging around their necks during a statewide campaign. If I'm her campaign, I don't want it. No. And, and she even had maybe Democrats you need in her. To, maybe you need to focus on your house district and, and leave the rest of, of the state alone. I don't know. Um, because her house district is is got a lot of white people that do live in it. And I'm certain that there's some real concern that some people have over having a representative who says you got to treat people who don't have the same skin color as you do like, beep, S-word. Um, she is seeking re-election as a House member. Attorney General Alan Wilson and U.S. Congressman Jeff Duncan have both uh, demanding that she resign and withdraw from the race. But Davis, not only Republicans that are doing that, 
State Rep Justin Bamberg from Bamberg. We've talked about him a lot yes. in recent weeks. Who serves in the House alongside her has called for her resignation. In his statement, Bamberg referenced the first leaked video that was recorded earlier this year and released in June. That video shows a recorded phone call between Matthews and a South Carolina inmate on the call. She says in part to the inmate, find me someone from your family that don't even know you donating to my campaign and put that blank under their names. This is what Bamberg said, quote, No candidate, let alone a sitting member of the South Carolina House, should encourage or joke about violating state or federal election law just to get extra votes, a Bamberg, an attorney, said in a statement. Quote, she did that. Gangs in our state are too often responsible for the unnecessary loss of life and wasting of brilliant minds for so many young men in the black community. Washington, D.C. does not need more toxicity, and neither does South Carolina. Ignorance is not bliss. Matthews then called out Bamberg by name, saying that he, quote, got all in his feelings, end quote, and chose the, quote, coward's way out, end quote. In response to that, Justin Bamberg told the state newspaper, instead of exhibiting leadership, she decides that it's smarter to just lie on a Friday afternoon and hope that people get distracted. Justin remains the only member of the House Democratic Caucus to publicly call out Matthews to resign, but he told reporters on last Thursday that many in the caucus are discussing it. It's very interesting to see what's going to happen now with Jordan Pace, that he is the Republican who is running against her for the South Carolina House 117 seat. Uh, Whether or not this is going to be a place where he gets some bump in this, because you've got to ask the question, is this the type of, of, of attitude that you want to have among members of your legislature who have to make decisions that go across racial lines? They go across socioeconomic lines. And it really begs the question of, are we hitting this era where it's a different type of racial politics at play here? I mean, we kind of call it like we see it on this one. Mm. Race does not need to be a factor in who we are as human beings. This continues, though, Dave. There's more. It wasn't just Justin Bamberg. House Minority Leader Todd Rutherford has said that her comments were wrong. He doesn't support them, nor does he support her saying them. Joe Cunningham says there's no place in the Democratic Party and it shouldn't be tolerant of such behavior from elected officials and candidates. And we must be consistent in calling out prejudice and hateful comments wherever it exists. House Minority Leader Russell Ott said that the key to being both of these things is that you have to be absolutely believe in what you're saying at all times. I heard that same conviction. I heard that same belief. Reading her statement yesterday made it even worse. Right is right and wrong is wrong. What Crystal said was wrong. Uh, She says uh, that the people put me in here and the people want to fight her. South Carolina Democratic Party Chairman Trav Robertson said that the state law prevents party executive committees from replacing a candidate on the ballot in this type of situation and says that this decision now remains with the voters, but he called the comments, quote, a serious distraction. This is obviously a serious distraction from other Democratic candidates running for office, and most importantly, a distraction from the Republicans in the General Assembly who are trying to take away the freedom and the rights of women from women. Uh, If I were advising her campaign, I would tell her that because of what's happening in the General Assembly, she needs to focus on winning re-election Quote, if I were advising her campaign, I would tell her that because of what is happening in the General Assembly, that she needs to focus on winning re-election to the State House of Representatives. End quote. The South Carolina Democratic Party chairman says my candidate for U.S. Senate should just focus on winning back her State House seat. In this particular case, 
Now you understand the Alvin Green reference. For those of you who do not remember, Alvin Green <clears throat> was a Democratic candidate uh, running against Jim DeMint in Jim DeMint's last run for us, uh, U.S. Senate. Um, a candidate who was questionable on many fronts how he got elected, <clears throat> how he got chosen as the nominee. Um, Democrats really didn't put anybody up mm-hmm. to run against DeMint. Um, he was put up and that was that that just faltered in and on it fell on itself for them and i think it if we go back though to the election remember there were three three african-american women who were running to run against tim scott it was a straight one-third 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 split almost in the initial primary they had the runoff and it was a tight runoff um voter turnout was was pathetic but that's another thing but i think you you've got to begin to recognize i think the democrats know we don't have anybody strong enough to run against tim scott and i i feel for this entire situation right now because nobody likes their their dirty laundry aired stop dirtying the laundry yeah just don't do it there's there's a place and a time and and what you hear when it comes to the conversation that she had with the man who was in prison whether or not whether or not this was an edited thing or not there are things that she said in this interview with a reporter from project veritas which is just like you're showing true colors on this one okay i don't think the people of south carolina want that <clears throat> the list of names from people in your own party, just in Joe Busto's article in the state newspaper. Yep. Justin Bamberg, Todd Rutherford, Joe Cunningham, Russell Ott, Trav Robertson. Those are some pretty strong voices across both age and race lines saying it's no longer acceptable for you to start an act like this. Maybe it's time to turn around and say, yeah, enough's enough. I look forward to a debate if there is one. I don't oh, think I there, there will be. One. I don't think there will be one. So those are three major headlines coming out of the weekend: the lack of respect for marriage act, AOC touting her celebrity Billy. By the way, in that piece that was actually written in the summer, it's really funny. There was one part where she yes. said, "I don't even know if I'm going to be alive in September." Uh, in September, she's still here. She's still here. So that's a good thing. But apparently, the whole country hates women. Didn't get to that. Whole country, really? Whole country hates women. The whole country hates women. We hate women. We hate women. Sorry, let me rephrase that. People in this country hate women. A lot of people in this country hate women. Okay, that's. that's I've heard that before. She's she has said that, but she's now made her statement. Well, I haven't heard. Oh, I've heard it from more people than just her. Right. Wink, wink, nod, nod. So, if you missed any of our updates about the Human Life Protection Act in South Carolina, you can go back and look at those. I encourage you to download the Palmetto Family Council app. Sign up for our newsletter updates. We had had over 3,000 people click on our update last week. Really? It highlighted the, what happened uh, in the South Carolina Human Life Protection Act debate inside the state Senate. So make sure to get involved there. You can also like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a review here. Or you can leave us a poor review. That's fine, too, if you disagree with what we're saying. Maybe we are hateful bigots. I don't know. 
We've been called that before. That's what one person said. One person said that. A lot of people like what we say. Yeah. A lot of people like what we're saying. But some people don't, and that's okay. Freedom of thought, freedom of speech. So you can do that. Leave a five-star review. Leave a rating. Let us know what you think. And in fact, if you type P-A-L-M, don't know where you're going to go with it next, but we're one of the first people to pop up. There you go. Our name's already close to the top. Keep us close to the top if you so choose to. And for Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson, I'm Justin Hall, and our entire staff at Palmetto Family thanks you for joining us on today's edition of the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. <laughs>